So, hello and uh, welcome to this week's episode of the Rebel City Podcast. Um, as always, my partner in crime, Paul, here with us. How's it going, mate? Very good, mate, very good. Been podcasting it, we're not. I've started producing other people's podcasts just as a way to um, supplement my income, basically. But um, I did my first one yesterday. It was actually a lot of fun, but I, I feel I've been mixing in fucking podcasts. Been cheating <laughs> on me? Hi. <laughs> Poly, poly I just there, like, so I meet swear, so oh. small, so I don't know what the boundaries are going to be. This is the ongoing joke, is that 10 minutes in, somebody will like, cool, cool, swear. Like, boom. Um, <laughs> so, for those of you who don't know, we're delighted to welcome our guest this week, uh, Neil Hood. Um, Neil, um, I don't know, man, probably better just to let you introduce yourself, mate. Uh, I've been DJing for, since I was 15. I'm 36 on Saturday, so, oh. I, so, I, so. Been a long time. I've uh, been lucky enough to play some quite big events, um, run some events and stuff like that. Aye. I signed to labels and stuff like that, so it's been I've been going through it for a while. But Aye. Think, so, yeah. um, so, what are you up to this weather? I think the last I seen you were uh, working at the Radisson, was it Red? Radisson Red. Red so now? I'm a monthly resident in there just now. Um, Pictures for that place are amazing. It's one of the best places I've ever played. Um, I was approached by them before they opened and they'd one of my mates is getting he'd already been given a gig between six and nine, but we're looking for people to fill up between like, uh, nine and twelve and stuff yep. like that. And uh, I got to meet them and got in before it with the opened and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, took us to the ninth floor where the, the rooftop bar obviously is and it, it was a stunned yeah, like, I, I knew it would be good to put mm-hmm. when you hear it's got a rooftop bar, you go, sounds amazing. Yeah, so yeah, and yeah. Actually, I went up and looked at it, I was like, it's ridiculous. And um, it kind of fitted the kind of music I like playing. I like playing a lot of disco and funk and soul and stuff like that. So yep. when you're playing in there, it's not really a place for people to dance. Mm-hmm. It's more like making a background music. Yeah. And, uh, just to set the vibe, the view and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I've been there since April, since I opened. And it's, it's just going to be bigger things all the time. It's busy all the time. They're starting to use it for events and pre-parties for festivals yep. and stuff like that. So there's a lot of good stuff going on. I think I know it's getting bigger myself because I've got a number of mates who after visits to it are putting profile pictures up with a minute. Oh, this is the place to be, so... That's still point there. See the terrace outside? That's the, they know they're not daft. Like, nah, girl Coretta runs it, she's great. She's really into it. She's like market manager. She knew fine well that that would happen. Facebook is one of the biggest things now, so you're, they're probably getting they're probably more traffic through Facebook pictures than they are Aye. maybe any other like, kind of advertising. So. The advertising, isn't it? I've been out a couple of times. It's, right. it's a nice one. Got so, you were there for some working, weren't you? Um, I've been there for a while, I've just went up and had just like a diet coat and just sat in the, the roof terrace, just in what a day off. All right. It's, it's stunning, man. It is, it's unbelievable. It's, um, it's, like I say, it's one of my favourite places to play. I, I'm lucky enough to play in quite a lot of places, yeah, like, like diverse places, but to have your DJ box nine, nine, nine floors up, and where, where the DJ box is, it's actually all glass. Right. So you've got the hydro beside you and all that, like while you're DJing, so mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it's always good. And the summer's unbelievable in it as well, because oh, they're like, I had to wear sunglasses, but indoors though, because obviously they want the sun to come in, it makes it look nicer, so yeah. I had to wear sunglasses indoors, it looked a bit daft, Full but bar. I couldn't see I couldn't <laughs> see what I was doing, so I had to do it. So. What's your clientele like? It's mixed because obviously it's a hotel, first of all, so you're going to get people in of all ages, but... It's probably about 18 onwards, to be honest. Like, um, I it's, mi- it's mixed. A lot of people come in. The whole point of having DJs in it is, is so it's not a rooftop hotel bar. It's just to, when it's to be, when it's to be known as a bar on its own right. Yeah. It doesn't want to be known like it's a residence bar kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I think 
you probably agree with me as well. When you get into places, there is a DJ playing. It's different. We just have on a jukebox, isn't yeah. it? So um, it's working because, like I said, they done a pre-party for the Electric Frog last year. Mm-hmm. They done a deal with Electric Frog when you could get two weekend tickets in a hotel <laughs> room as well for like hundred quid or something. Yep. Which was good. So it's a it's, it's a mixed crowd, but it's a good crowd. That's excellent, mate. That's really good. So in terms of you know, obviously you're saying yourself that it's sort of twenty one years in the making at this point. Like, mm-hmm. where did it start? This is, I, I give you different answers to this question. Because <laughs> Liam and Noel Gallagher are the DJ model. because, like, my dad was a DJ, but he was like a mere gold medallion, Rivers of Babylon kind of <laughs> DJ, but <laughs> he was... The buffet's open, aye, kind of aye, DJ. And, uh, but he was a DJ, and obviously he was performing to people, so I'd get room and he would... He was like, he was called MC Hood, right? And it's like, he's right. first famous famous in government for this, right? And then, <laughs> I had to mention him. Um, and... Basically, he he had a residency in a bar in Govan called Harmony Bar, and what his name got around really quick. And this is back in the late eighties, nineties, so it's before then. Like this, Aye, like now social media, it's all vinyl, it's all vinyl, and uh, so his name got around really quickly. And he got asked to do a lot of communions and stuff like that. But right. I thought he was loving it. Aye. And I'd go away and I'd watch him, and I thought it was quite cool. My dad was a DJ, but that wasn't really the main thing that made it for me. It was it was um, one of my mates, a guy called Tam uh, McKenna, and four feet or something but I said all these shitey decks but they're all like decks anyway uh-huh. and up to his house and moving up and he was playing records and I just went like and I get a shot at him he's like of course you can that was, that was me man just just connected with oh, honestly me I was just like I want, I want a bit of this and I was like 15 at the time 14 and then one of my other mates Kyle boy for governor that stayed in my street he got a set of decks and I was like nah come along never mess about and then he sold them to me right and then I got a job in the co um, well, that paid for them. It was only two pound eighty nine an hour. I was on to get these these de- <laughs> Honest to God, I remember right? them. I remember the uh, pound structure. I so I was on two two quid and eighty nine an hour. I was to get a set of decks, and then that was that. And I think um, it was the only thing that I really stuck. Right. So my mum, I play music ridiculously loud. Mum, if you're watching, I'm I'm really sorry, mum, because I must have done your nothing. <laughs> but um, she didn't mind. Right. Like, we spoke about it a while ago, and, and she was like. Something you stuck, like you were addicted to buying Aye. records and all that. And if there's people that are only DJs that are addicted to buying records, do you know what I mean? Aye. But I was really into it. And my mum took me like judo and all that, and I'd done it a week and never stuck to Aye, it. And the boys brigade and all you. that. And I was like, it's like this. And then I, I, I got a set of decks, and that was it. Aye, and it was just, yeah, I was addicted to it, man. And then I, must, I still feel the same way now I, I did 20 odd years ago. That's awesome, man. So, an old vinyl junkie here. Well, I've calmed down a wee bit. Mm, a wee bit. I've, got, like, <laughs> I've got two shelves. There's something different about it. Like I've yeah. I've never really got into collecting CDs. Like, There's no romance involved in it. But I had a huge DVD collection, but um I vinyls or something about even just looking at them. I mean I've barely turned my record player on. Just having probably, them. Uh... I go and buy them and then I'll come home and put it on Apple Music and <laughs> put it on the Bluetooth <laughs> speaker and not even play the vinyl. I have stuffed MP3 as well because a lot of that stuff that you get is uh, like a lot of rarer stuff is like vinyl only. So you want to have the best tunes, you want to have tunes that other people that haven't mm-hmm. got. So I'll find myself, I'll rip stuff and yep. then play it live. But it will be. You should do a lot of your, um, your SoundCloud stuff after vinyls that you're playing on that recently. Aye, it's, um, I done a live stream just for a wee mess about last week and it's, I checked it, it's like 3,000 views. And it was just me and my, my mate. He was even doing it. Just awesome. stunning there. I think I actually seen it. Aye, and it was just when a couple of happy article records like I got, and people are asking me when you're doing this again and that. So, but that's something I was saying off mic that you were getting stuck for not having other episodes or whatever you were doing. Aye, I'm going to do another one maybe tomorrow. I think um, 
I've been I've been collecting Happy Hardcore records recently. And right. I'm just trying to cling to my youth or something. Aye. But um, where like, do you go to buy them now? Discogs, there's Discogs, or there's like so fake, just online. Aye. Right. And or there's guys selling stuff as well. A guy, a guy from Liverpool sent me sent me twenty five records for like eighty quid. But I checked on Discogs and they're worth like probably five times that maybe more than that. Aye. So. Um, aye, they're, they're a lot more expensive because they're so rare now because mm. they were produced mm. in like the 90, 95, 94 and yeah. all that and, um, but there's still a big demand for it aye. 100% man Absolutely. Yeah. It's weird that you're saying the, the happy hardcore because I think when I think back early years and well, I was known each other for a while like, I always associate you more with the sort of house side of things obviously your funk and you know wee bits of soul and stuff yeah. floated through it so I don't think I've ever been to any of your events where you've been happy hardcore myself? It so was kind of what I grew up with. It was what I grew up with. So it was uh, what I listened to. Like before I could get decks, I'd listen to the Bonkers compilations. I don't know if any of you still uh, remember them. I so, remember. I, so <laughs> I used to listen to the Bonkers compilations and it was like, and I went to the Unders, Archaeos Unders, which was mental, yep. but amazing. And it was all that was kind of music that was there. So um, it was a guy called Cammy, DJ Cammy, who I'm really, really good pals with now. And yes. he was like my hero and he was my mate. So I always, it's weird, but it's good. Um, and he was, and that was the sound back in. So I, it's it's really sentimental. Aye. And it's, um, when you when you play, when you, if I do mixes, like Happy Hardcore mixes, they get the most plays on anything I've ever done in my SoundCloud. Like I put one up and I get a thousand plays in a week. Wow. I can put a disco mix up and it'll get, it'll get listens, but never near as Aye, much. So there's something, extent. there's a romance link to... Happy Hardcore in, in Scotland, for it. in Glasgow I definitely. definitely man. I can remember fucking, you go down the bars and buy like, it was Source. I was going to say Source. The source. Aye. Aye. You would go and buy the tapes, because whoever was putting Rave it on tapes. was obviously like, ripping it and then they were putting it down in the wee stall in the bars. Mm -hmm. Used to go out to my cousin's house and we'd literally like three, three wee guys at like eight year old, listening to Happy Hardcore with a strobe light and a smoke machine in their bedroom. Sounds <laughs> class. Sounds amazing. I've been doing that to know. You're not even getting steam in your two. You're not even getting steam in. You're just jumping about your bedroom with a strobe light on. You look like you're not getting epilepsy, but with <laughs> <laughs> I know, man, but honestly, like pure Carntine, like fucking 1991 or whatever it was. I think it's kind of indicative, but I think it's one of the things why when I was talking to you in the build-up to this, mm -hmm. I wanted Jenna was that I think we've had a few bands, we've had a few musicians in and stuff like that, and I'm, I'm aware, even though I wouldn't necessarily classify myself as the world's biggest sort of dance music fan that Glasgow does have, and always has had, even Faye, as you say, the yeah, others all the way definitely. through, like a really vibrant dance scene. Um, mm. So it's, I think it's something that, you know, we probably should be covering, you know what I mean? Aye, for sure. Was there no one of the original, with one of the original hardcore came from Glasgow? Did they know they used to? Mark Smith. Mark Smith is... One of the originals that played the Resurrections and all that, he's he's still going. Yeah. Right. Unbelievable, yeah. What a DJ he! I, actually, when you when you start DJing, you look, you, you copy people that you look, you look up to, mm -hmm. and then from that, you'll probably copy people's podcasts and then use that to your own style. DJing is very similar. Like so, I'd copy people like Mark Smith and yep. Scott Brown and Hicksy and all these guys years ago. But the thing about Scotland and as well as a whole, they were like massive in the hardcore scene. Mm -hmm. Like. So guys like Scott Brown, um, Mark Smith and stuff like that, these guys were like big in the scene yep. over in Holland and stuff like that. Scott Brown's still classified as a hero over in Holland, and like now 20, 30 years later and all that. Um, guys like Joe Deaton and stuff like that, um, he's, he used to do the Metro back in the day and stuff like that. These guys were at the forefront of it and Scotland as a whole as well were, were kind of responsible for some of the biggest events, like the Resurrection and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That was a Scottish event, and it was yep. like one of the biggest. Fantasia was in Scotland quite a mm -hmm. lot as well. So, for a small country, they've, they've made a big impact fairly early, early, early on in the, the wave scene. As you say, it's still something that's kind of 
prominent as well when you see things like Electric Frog and all the rest of it. You know what I mean? Like it's a more modern thing and a modern sort of setting and it's evolving as you know the city evolves. There's definitely like um Glasgow now has got some of the biggest DJs in, in Europe. There's guys like Dennis Silva, he's massive just now, he's everywhere. Right. Um a guy called Big Miz. Mm-hmm. Um you'd like him actually because he's done a, a Celtic sympathy dance version. I need to send you it, man. It's actually really good. Uh-huh. Um there's guys like Guy Jackmaster as well, he's massive as well. Like these guys have got like they're, they're like on a world stage. They're doing, like Ares and Barrentos. Like I grew up with guy Ares, um he and his mate. They're singing the tour room records of doing world tours and all that. And this is all just wow. Glasgow as well as not just Scotland, this is the song in Glasgow. I think the reason for it is because of the subclub and stuff like that as well. We are Aye. quite lucky, I think sometimes we don't realise how lucky we are. Uh, we get a lot of big names here mm-hmm. all the time and not every city or place in Britain gets that. Right. So Even just look-, look at Edinburgh. Do you know what I mean? If you if if you're a huge act, you're going to play in the hydro. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, there's nowhere in Edinburgh really. I mean, they're not going to put it on at Murrayfield. Do you know no, what I mean? It's exactly. too big. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or it needs to be like nice weather. But uh, even Edinburgh, like, you, you don't get them on the touring circuit. I used to get pissed off. And you mm-hmm. would be like, what they got to fucking Edinburgh? For? It's weird though, isn't it? Um, one of my mates, a guy, Tom, Tom Catley, I used to put him in Sky. Right. Uh, he, owns, he runs a festival now called Fly Club. Nice. And um, he runs a night in Cab Cabby Volatair in Edinburgh. Right. And I played it that one night all night long. It was four hours. It's like a wee dungeon. It's one of the best gigs I've ever had in my life. <clears throat> Honestly, just a wee sweaty dungeon. It's right on people's faces. It's just amazing, man. And, and he's but he's done a, a weekend festival in May. And see the acts he's got that like, biggest in the world. Wow. And he's this is a wee guy came from a call centre who's now one of the biggest festivals in Britain. Maybe if not Europe. It's weird that that's the case because this is something we've touched on with previous guests like David Blair, like Gary Folds and mm. some of our upcoming guests in, in the few weeks that we've no released yet and it's, you know, the, the kind of like Jerry Cinnamon effect where it used to be a time where it was about labels, it was about all that kind of formal stuff but it seems as though this is another area where people are out there just doing it for themselves and building reputations and, and building, you know, futures and sort of, you mm-hmm. know, careers for themselves. I think it's social media but I think that's what right. it is. People are, are savvy now. Just and you don't need a market. You don't need on. a marketing team as such. To look at Lewis Capaldi, like he's massive now. He's got a, a big team, but yeah. the reason people like him is because he's got likability. Yeah, he's funny, and that's why people like him. Mm-hmm. But it's always been daft Instagram stories that people know him from now more than probably his songs, and it's because of social media. <laughs> so it's, it's he's, in, like, he's in danger of getting into the sort of OK Go thing. I think like the videos. I, I was. I knew who he was. Had seen his videos, and I was like, "What?" what? Put on one of his songs. Was like, "Fuck, is that him?" Uh, All right, okay. He's unbelievable. The guy's, a, the guy's so. unbelievable, but you're right. Aye, he's a great wee singer, but I might end up in the sort of space where people are just not really giving a fuck about when his next songs coming out. His next video, his next tweet, or whatever. Aye. 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 That he have a, a career as a comedian, never mind a musician. But the wee guy is excellent at singing. Like, he's ridiculous, man. He is unbelievable. Um, go back to Jerry. Like my pal Monk. Monk will be watching us. He'll definitely watch us. Uh, Monk, I love you. Um, I and, also, and also hate Monk because he's a cheeky <laughs> bastard, man. Um, he's really pally with Jerry, and um, he's, they've been with him all the time. And he's just—he's he's never changed. Aye, just the same guy. Just loves plenty of people and, yep. and enjoying it and giving people a good night. And I think if if you lose that, then you're fucked. Aye. and I think a lot of people do lose that. I think it might be one of the things that's a bit easier to maintain within yourself because. If you've got that instant connection to your fans through your social media, through your tweets and all the rest of it, then it's by definition easier to stay connected yeah. to them when it comes to the actual gigs themselves. So in terms of the gigs themselves, where where did you start? Well, I mean, it's a pretty crowded market. If you're a young guy coming up in that 
it's, be, it's got to be a bit of a graft. To, to, to be honest, I was lucky when I started because it was not as saturated as it is now. Right. Like, and, and the reason for it is because it costs money to DJ when I started. You can get a, a wee controller on a laptop now for 250 quid. Aye. And you've got to a DJ. When I started, it was £10 white labels and a set of decks. Aye. So mm-hmm. you, if you were involved in it, investing in it, it was a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Whereas you can buy, like I said, you can buy a setup now for 100 quid. And just start and go on a DJ and start streaming on Facebook for your mom's kitchen. And that's your, that's your DJ, but you're, but you're still probably going to get thousands of people watching you. Yeah. So when I started, it was like, it was a pub in, in Govan. It was called the Richards Bar. If anyone knows Govan, they'll know it's, it's wild. <laughs> and they, they, no, honestly, it's like something like a, like a Western. Aye. Um, it's a like Govan like, Cross. It's on Govan Road, and it had like painted, uh, painted floors to my carpet. And. <laughs> I swear to God, mate, and it was <laughs> it was painted by boat paint for the shipyards. Right. So they stole somebody stole boat paint for a boat and p- painted the flare with it. And um, the classic I swear to stab in. It was it was red. Funny enough, maybe that was to hide the blood stains. But, <laughs> uh, but um, they asked me to DJ in there, and I'm glad I done it because it was it helped me deal with it. Idiots and like no, no like, like no idiots, but deal with drunk people. I don't mean idiots. I mean people that are drunk and mental. Aye. And um. It was fifty quid a night, and it was a mental man. But it was Aye. I was playing country and western and Elton John and Abba, and then I, the last tour I'd play like dance stuff, mine kind of yep. stuff. And I would I, I knew everybody for that area, so it was good. It was a good laugh. Like it was all my pals were in all that, and it was good. But it was that was my first like gig, and then I was after a wee bit and then I, I went through a good few years of doing hundreds of gigs for absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Just to get my, it was like kind of like an apprenticeship now that way you get like a shite wage and then eventually it comes good kind of thing but mm-hmm. I, I don't know, it wasn't all about the money it was about just getting myself out there to get Aye. any bigger things and I've done a lot of gigs for free hundreds like literally hundreds of gigs Aye. Um, just anywhere you could get them Aye, and then I got to the point where I was like really fed up I was like I'm doing gigs for people and I could maybe just do mine thing like, I make this make my own gig, like, because the gigs would line up because it was getting a bit more saturated and stuff, and I was like, why don't I just try and do mine thing? So, there's a place called Drummond's, yep. and um, I approached them, the sister guy, like, I've bought a call centre, I can guarantee you bodies, because they'll all come, wait to, the, wait to the pie weekend, and I'll get them on, kind of thing, and he how many can you get? I think I'll get about 150. He says, well, give it for free if you get 150 through the door. So I called it up the tempo, which I thought was really cool at the time. <laughs> and um, shite looking back a bit at the time, it was good. And uh, I'd done like three quid a ticket, and I'd done like 250 tickets. Nice. And bear in mind, I used Bebo quite a lot back then. <laughs> so Bebo yes. was the hang, so, which I'm glad I did because it's helped me in later life, I think, with like Facebook and SoundCloud and stuff like that. So I'd done that for a while, and then people were asking me for gigs. Right. Rather than me gone, and I went, hold on a minute, here I'm only something here. So it was um, a few boys asked me for gigs that were part of me, and a boy called, I got a wee guy called DJ Force in, um, unbelievable DJ, he's massive in the hardcore scene. Right. He, so it got to a stage where we're sharing gigs. Mm-hmm. So he says to me, I'll get you a gig in Archaos, which is a dream. Oh, aye. If I can do this, so we kind of like now piggybacked on each other and stuff like that. Um, I've done a New Year event. And it was, it was too busy. I couldn't let them be in. It was like right. we were actually we were busier than the O2 Academy that night on Hog on Hogmanay, nice. which is mental. And um, they'd like Shakira or something. And I'm sure 
This might not be accurate, but somebody told me they only like peanut bodies in. Right. Um, they take colours, which is this. I might be lying. But that's what I heard. <laughs> and um, and uh, like, this went on from strength to strength. And then what happened was, um, do you know Noble Whitelaw, the guy I was talking about earlier on? No. The bonkers. So I, I got really pal about him. And I said, look, I'll bring you bodies in. Can maybe we do a night together? Mm-hmm. And he says, aye. She's got a deal. I'm going to play Thursday. Just, the, there was no mass debate, but it was just, aye, all right. Aye. I was like, all right, I thought this was going to be hard. And then here it is in with him, and I'd done a month for, done a month for Thursday with him, um, and still with the following for the call centre that come to see us and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. that was kind of the turning point, um, because I then got residencies in Vicky's. Yep. So I'd go in with the guys in there, and got pal with the guys in Vicky's and stuff like that, and they liked us and stuff. And I got a monthly, a weekly Tuesday at one point, and a weekly Sunday. Mm-hmm. Sunday in Vicky's was like, legendary if you that kind of music mm-hmm. so to get that was a big big thing and then I was in there for about a year year and a half and then I got let go but I was stuck by this point I was getting a taste for getting now good gigs big, yeah. but, and also paid gigs as well which is important because makes a difference doesn't it when I talk about money it's not about making money for me it's like costing money to DJ because like, I was spending like hundreds of pounds on d- like records and all that stuff at this time not as much but it's progressing on like CDs and stuff yeah. but I've still spent a fair bit of my trade, um, but that's when it kind of kicked on. <clears throat> um, but wasn't it? I was like twenty six. Let it finally go. I was going to buy a eleven years. Aye, so it was like I didn't go out and DJ right away either because I was shy. I was absolutely terrible. I was horrendous, and I knew I was shy. And my pals were like, "You're not very good at this." <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and a lot of people buy decks and don't don't. Um, Keep it on because it's hard. It's, a, it's ah, playing yeah. on vinyl is harder than say CDs and stuff. It's we've been there. We think we'll, we'll no name them, but we get invited to one in the tune one time, and me and you and three of the other lads rocked up to a pub in the tune, and it was a mate's brother's first gig, and uh, we walked into this pub pure half in the bag already, ready to go, pure <laughs> ready to cut some mug, and uh, walked in, and there was one mate up the end, far end of the bar, sitting with his decks out, and like one guy at the bar with a pint of heavy. We'll just let. <laughs> it's hard, man. It's tough. It's a tough. Aye. It's literally a tough gig when that happens because it's happened to me a lot of times. Um, but it, aye, the turning point would probably say was when I went. It's hard to play in Vicky's and stuff for that. Um, They're big. I mean, again, instantly recognisable venues. Even if you're no one to the dancing in Glasgow, Victoria's a big. It used to be a really upmarket as well, mm-hmm. and it was like that was a place to go if you were a celebrity he's not like I'm sure Mike Tyson that was from the Charlie Sheen was in Vicky's ah, one night like, Paul Gascoigne loved that immense, <laughs> so it's like it was like, and obviously his time changed so you used to have the moon like, next to Savoy like either side of Vicky's and Vicky's was where the football players used to go I, 100% so it was like a big thing for me to bring there um, the first day I went to Vicky's Sundays was like it just blew my mind like, the music and I was like this is fucking wild man this is uh, amazing I might be I'd love to play that it was like it was like the equivalent of playing at Park Kid yeah. to me. Um, it's a loose analogy, but yeah. it is similar. Like in, and somewhere you'd had a lot of fun. I as a clubber, and then to go on the other side of the decks and play was amazing. And I played on and after for years, and like I'm telling you, well before it obviously, yeah, it sadly burnt down. Um, I I it was like, an inside job. What was that all about? I don't know. That was about man. It's, there's yeah. a lot of talk about that. I know the guys that own it, and I know they even didn't take it because. They spent what a lot of people don't remember about Vicky's or don't know about Vicky's is they spent a lot of money on a hotel inside mm-hmm. it, which is about to get released. Um, not released, uh, um, opened, sorry, released. Um, it was mega opened, 
So I don't know. Like there's lots of now. As soon as it goes on fire, it's always no matter what it is, it's always going to be that. I think as well, the city centre. I mean, some of these buildings are legitimately ancient. You know, and it's there could just be a coincidental thing happening, but. Aye, it's a shame that it loses, you know, like a kind of iconic sort of venue for people who are in that kind of scene. I won't buy it and I, I find it quite sad. Like, I think it's quite... It's a big empty hole. Aye, literally that is what it is. I think it's a fact the other day on the way down for here, actually. Was probably like, in our shopping centre. Probably, or flats. Everything's flats. Mm. They're, 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 <laughs> um, they're, they're shutting the Savoy centre one by one as the leases come up. Um, and they're going to open that into like an office block, but they're going to try and relaunch the Sucky Hole Centres. Remember the Sucky Hole Centre? Yeah. It used oh, to God. be like further up, had a fountain. Never fucking was never owned. But they're going to try and do another incarnation of Sucky Hole Centre yeah. in the site where Vicky's. I think there's a voice still does, bro. I've not been it for a long time. I've not played in the Savoy. I like that for a chuck it. Right. Just like bucket list. Like it's a mental gaff. I, d- I would just like to date, man. Aye. Aye, just to say I've done it. I mean, uh, the Vicky's isn't the only one as well. I mean, obviously, we've lost that. Um, the arches in the last couple of years as well, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. which is obviously a shame. Um, another iconic sort of dance venue that just it's the best place it's ever. Aye, it's, I mean, it's the best place. I've been there for gigs. I've been there for dance. Acts, no matter, it's open back up now. It's obviously what back, is it? it's open back up. Is a, it's a barn now. So anything oh, gun I've got it. They've actually got a brewery inside the arches. Aye, the brewery beer right, in there. Right. So it's good that it's getting used. Aye, um, it's because it's some venue. It's nice. Right? It's getting used, but it's not getting used to what it was. What we know it is. No. Um, but SWG3 is probably better than the Archies, yeah. to be honest. Um, this is one of these chats we had with another recent guest where we were saying that as much as older venues, and we were talking about the kind of toilet tour, the you know the tuts and all these kind of smaller uh-huh. venues and how they kind of dry up, but then we get these newer, more sort of modern venues like the Bandstand and SWG3 and stuff like that. So I think it is about the evolution of the city and, and you know where it goes with these things. And, but at the same time, I... You know, I'd, I'd love to be, if somebody was saying to me the morrow, the arches is open up for a couple of nights, I'd be like, you would go, get me in, even though I know I'd probably be taking a ticket off a real fan. No, nah, I, I, I the, the SWG3's galvanisers, if you've ever seen that, man, it's it's ridiculous, it's, just, it's like far bigger than the arches and all mm-hmm. that, it's like, it's that's custom built for club, club clubbing or events. Yeah, right. So you'll find it when something like that is made for a purpose. It's always, you'd assume it's always going to be better. Ah, uh, of mm-hmm. course, man. Do you know what I mean? Good so sound and stuff. It's ridiculous. Um, I've played in it, not only Galvanise, I've played in the SWG3 a couple of times, but it was down the stairs and we, they've got this wee, like, um, tomb, kind of, I don't know what you call it, man, it's a wee tiny room, but it was good, I've enjoyed it. Like, um, I played with Steve Lawler, which is a hero of mine as well, Aye. I got to meet him as well, and... I always get worried when I meet DJs because I, I do become a fanboy even though I might be trying to act yeah. cool. But he was. Yeah, I remember you having a similar thing with Carl Cox at one point. Oh, he's a boy, man. He's an absolute boy. Aye, but I've never, I've never the, the, the pleasure of DJing him. I've never, but um, I've DJed with Steve Lawler and he was just the soundest guy. And I think mm. sometimes people always say, don't meet your heroes. And that. I've been lucky yeah. enough to meet a couple of people that I see as heroes and they've all been quite sound, actually. They've aye. all been all right. Aye, nobody's been like a. a Hints and tips, like. The, Aye, this, the, the, city, um, the only one that was a bit weird was a guy called Eddie Halliwell. Right. Um, he was my ultimate hero, man. Like, this, the, the guy, this guy could, the things this guy could do in a set of decks was unbelievable, man. Mm-hmm. Like, and um, my pal Hutchie, uh, he got me in a gig in the Archies mm-hmm. and the same night as Eddie Halliwell, so I was honestly, I was creaming my pants. Like, I can't believe this, man. <laughs> this is unbelievable. I told everybody about 50 times. And my mate Hutchie got me a VIP band, which meant I could go backstage and all that. I was like, mm-hmm. yes, I'm going to meet Eddie Harvey all the night. And then I met him, and he didn't even talk to me, man. <laughs> I was trying to talk to him, he just looked at me like I was fucking daft. I was like, oh, I'm a pure massive fan, good to meet you. And he's like, 
And that Took was cool for school. I, I got a picture of him, though, like that, that. But people are like, oh, who was he? I was like, didn't he talk, man? I don't know if he's a mute. I don't know. But <laughs> didn't he talk? <laughs> he never spoke to me, man. No. Like, I, I never spoke. And then his, his agent kind of dragged him away. But I still put the picture on the gram and that, obviously, and Facebook and all that. Exactly. But I was like, what should he least it? A syllable would have been nice, or a vowel or something, or a noise, but I right. nothing. Just nothing? Nothing. Strange. So it was a bit weird. Mm. I think it's, I mean, it sounds like, obviously, I mean, I know, obviously you're not a lot of big, big gigs mm-hmm. about Glasgow and stuff like that, but you're no, you've not just been limited in terms of that. I mean, obviously you've mentioned Edinburgh, but you've 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 got a reputation of travelling a fair bit as well and gigging outside of Glasgow too. I will, I've been quite lucky to, to meet a lot of good people along the, the that's one of the good things about the region as well, like you get to meet a lot of good people, kind of mm-hmm. similar to you, but usually you don't meet a lot of good people doing Aye, this. And definitely. You'll meet bankers as well, but you'll meet a lot of good people when, <laughs> I've been lucky enough to meet more good people than not, mm-hmm. and um, I've met a guy, a guy called Dave Thompson, and he's pal Leon, and um, I'm lucky enough to have a good relationship with him, and I, I did in the football mm-hmm. last February with a guy called Scream. Right. Who's that's Stolen into the football? So I remember it well. I used to buy tapes, you're talking about buying tapes, I used to buy tapes for the food bar, and there's a wee guy in about the barras and all that as well. Yeah, I remember the, the food bar tapes at the barras as well, was that for Stirling? Aye, 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 so... And they all put two and two together, that yeah. was the same place. Aye, so that's still gone, and it's like an iconic club, and it's going back to the Happy Hardcore days, that was a club I used to listen to, so mm-hmm. to get to play there, but to, to get to play there with a guy like Scream, he's like another hero, <laughs> I mean, he's a, he's a pioneer. He's, he's like, um, he's on Radio 1 for the years with Benga mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and they more or less invented dubstep, He's more or less the guy that invented that. Like wow. that genre of music. It's not. What, I'm I still old. to this day use your analogy for dubstep every time I'm talking to dubstep about anybody. Because I was sitting with Neil one time. Oh right. And I was like, so I come across this hangman. Like you're gonna love it. Like dubstep. And he's like, dude, of course I know what dubstep is. I'm a fucking DJ. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, cool. He's like, I. It's like listening to a robot have a wank. That is the best I um, I still to this day use that, so I've been I've been getting good mileage out of that. It is it's I so he was kind of the guy behind that. Um and I got to DJ with him in the food bar and he was so sound, man. Mm. He was oh he, I was so after I played, I was literally on before him. Like so I warmed up for him, which is probably one of my biggest gigs. Yeah. And um I sat in a speed like it was like a wee I think it was like a speaker box or something, and there was something with some of the PA, and I mm-hmm. sat down like, wow. And he pulled me back up and done that, and pointed me and gave me a round of applause and that, and I had the day up and all that. I was like, fuck it. And oh. He probably deals with warm up DJs every every week. Aye. And he didn't need to do that, man. And, he, and he spoke about me, you know, and he, he told me what he liked about my set and all that, and gave me mm-hmm. a wee bit of a few tips and stuff like that. And That's awesome. Um, they've also booked me to play by, there's guys called Camel Fat. Okay. Uh, I've seen you promoting that. So yeah, they're, I'm warming up for them next Saturday. Um, they've they're buying a tune that Noel Gallagher said they wish he wrote. All right. Aye. So which is a bit of a mental thing, but it's yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I had to watch if I don't believe it yet. So he said it's a song called Cola. Okay. Um, massive, one of the biggest tunes of the year, a couple of years ago. Um, he Noel Gallagher came and said I wish I wrote that dance record, which thanks a massive That's compliment. Aye, it is. Two boys for Liverpool. Um, they're massive enough, they're absolutely massive. So I'm warming up for them next Saturday from uh, cool. City in Falkirk, which is an amazing club. Um, it's custom built as well. I think it's like I think it's a built club now. Is now for that purpose. Aye. It's one of the best clubs I've ever been in uh, anywhere, including places abroad and stuff. It's it's massive. I've heard it before because it's the only place in Falkirk. I think, I think it's one of the biggest. Aye, but it's massive and it's it's mm-hmm. really really good. So Dave, Dave and um, Dave and Leon run nights and. City in Falkirk and mm. the Fubar, so they've yeah. asked me to go and play that. 
They've asked me to play another massive gig in May, but I can't say it. Of course. Um, but it's different for me. Um, right. So it's different for me. It's not something I've warmed up for before, but it's something I hold in a high regard. Cool. But I can't say it because you'll put me right in the buzz. No so, worries, but it's, that'll be in, in Falkirk as well. And I think it's still for me. It's all about, when I get to post that, I'll tell you about it. I'll retweet the shout out. I can't do it. Of course, man. Because you'll definitely put me in the buzz. Um, but they've, they've got me a few gigs over there. Um, I'm playing Ibiza in the Highlander in the 27th April as well, so I'm really part of the guys in the Highlander. That's awesome. I've been there before, eh? Uh, yeah, I've done your boat party at sunset as well, which was one of the best nights I've ever done in my life, like Aye. playing on a Ibiza sunset on a boat in Ibiza. Um, I don't know how I don't think I'd get to something like that. <laughs> it was amazing. It was honestly, it was one of, it's one of the best nights in my life because I got to play the last set, so it was literally when the sun was setting and I was playing, so it was just, you can't make that shit up, man. Like, just. Man. That's, that's all I'm, I'm still proud of it. That was in 2012. But I'm still really proud of the guys in the Highlander. Um, and every time I go over, even for a holiday, they go come and play. Aye. So I've spoke to wee Calvin and I've sorted it. So I think I'm playing this, the opening nights of 27th. They don't, they don't, the IB for a place opens on a Friday, apparently. The opening night needs to be a Saturday, apparently. It's tradition. All right. Or he's talking shit to me. I don't know. <laughs> um, but aye, so uh, that's on the 27th of April. Um, Aye, so that's awesome, mate. Stuff going on, um, in terms of the other big gigs, I know obviously recently, I think you were in with Annie Mac, is that right? I played Radio 1 in September, um, that was, was quite weird, so I did um, Freshers every year yep. in the Glasgow Uni, and um, we kept with Cammy, the way I was talking earlier on, and um, he says to us, do you want to play Radio 1? I was like, fuck off. <laughs> and he's like... Who's going to go? No. I was like, you're right. at it, man. Well, this is the same boy who got my gig at Tina Park, so I should have not to believe him. And he's like, no, I'm being serious. He says, um, you'll be warm up for Annie Mac. I was like, right. I said, how can you know that? So, interesting fact about Cammy Craig, because he'll watch us, right? He owns the biggest inflatable nightclub in America. All right. I swear to God. An inflatable nightclub? Ah, he's this big. So, he goes to Miami and in the States quite a lot, and they've got this big, massive inflatable nightclub. And uh, he does, like, now, like, spring break and all that. Okay. So, he's, he's done, he does well. Um He's also the first person to do a silent disco ever. He runs right. he oh. runs silent disco. Wow. Uh, he runs his own company for that as well. You still know Couture. Remember all other nights? That's aye, how we got to repair it with that. So um I the radio one thing was good. So it was with me, Annie Mac, Danny Howard, Alice and Barry and us two guys to Glasgow mm-hmm. and Hannah Wants. And that was it was quite mad because um I was in work and my phone kept going. There was a number that I known. The guy, this guy, Sam, he's like the producer for Radio Lamb's phone. And I was like, this is fucking class. Like, mm. <laughs> I feel like I feel a big deal. And, um, Get the sunglasses back on. And I, yeah, I should have actually. And, um, I, I should have actually. I've missed a trick here. But he said to us, um, with this why I check where you're wanting to play, we just need to know what you're going to play or if it's going to now go away. And he's playing this. He's like, well, I thought that about this. And, I know Annie Mac where that what she plays and stuff. I was like, I wasn't going to do any listening. He's like, right, that's bang on. And um, he sent me the set list and all that, which was quite cool. Yeah. And then they took me aside and, like, and he's like, like you're one of the best. Well, I'm up to you. You were actually prepared. You knew what to play. You knew mm-hmm. who was on before you and all that. And it was really good. Then I got to have a, a chat with Annie Mac for a while as well, which is pretty cool. She's so nice as well. Aye. Again, so sound, man. Just talking away. I've always liked her other years. She's brilliant, man. She's just a really nice woman and. A DJ on their own right, mm-hmm. like um, doesn't matter now the fact she's a woman. She's just a great DJ, Aye. and she stands out because she's good, no, not because of any other reason. Yeah, and she's got a good 
she got a good radio voice that just sounds really good and she can tell she loves what she do. Yeah. She does and I think that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was, Danny Hibbard was amazing as well. It was really weird though because I take on day my pals we brother's 30th after it. Right. So it's like, it was mad. Like, and, and, um, one minute you're cutting it up on Radio 1, the next minute you're doing the local Masonic. And then my mate, uh, well it was, no, it was a golf club, so I went through it and then Danny Hibbard's like, are you going to stay for a beer? And I was like, I've got another gig to go. He's like, oh, good luck. And I didn't, I couldn't go, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an, <laughs> I, I couldn't tell so him, I, I, I just, so he Danny, I, so he Danny, so he Danny, I've done this summer cool gig somewhere, no, it was in a golf club. Um, but that that's was life like, a DJ into one set, onto the next, onto the next. Because I put it on my Instagram, it was like, there was pictures of the, the, the Radio 1 set, and then it was me playing like, do the Hucklebuck or something, I was like, what a fucking contrast this is, but, <laughs> but again, it's the spot it, man, spot it. That's it, man. You've got your graft, haven't you? That's it. So, I mean, in terms of sort of recent gigs, one of the ones I was I was obviously aware of um, coming the turn of the year, and it was one of the ones I, I'd initially get in touch with you about, um, was the gig in Benefit, was it the, the Southern General? Aye, it was the Ward, Ward 52. Ward 52. Um, where my dad spent quite a lot of time. Um, so, my, so, basically, my dad took really well. Like, mm-hmm. he was really, I thought, times he wasn't going to make it. And, um, right. He was in intensive care twice. Wow. Aye, so... Um, he, he suffered from delirium because he was in for so long and it right. gave that brain there's like, there's like I think he had a brain infection as well and it kind of knocked him off didn't know who MD, who MD was um, mm-hmm. we laugh about it now because there's some of the stories he, he's hallucinating and all that right um, and it got to a point where everything that was wrong with him got better but things that had happened to him whilst he was in was the reason he was still in mm. so but his memory was away he didn't know who I was he didn't know who MD was which was okay. upsetting obviously so they moved him to this Ward 52 and we walked in, there was people with dementia and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it was quite hard to take in at first, but then I got it. It was to get them talking again. And the thing about it was there was like no, there was no visiting time. You could get them whenever you wanted. Right. So it was important because obviously the way you stimulate them, his brain and Absolutely. talk, it helped. But they were amazing with him as well. So every time you went to see him in that ward, there would be people in sitting talking to him. Keep him going now, yep. keep asking him questions and all that. And they'd be like, fucking right, Marlene. But it was just... And then there was a, a day that... Um, we were watching a touch of frost. He loved touch of frost, and right. and he he remembered it off by heart. And it was one for like twenty years ago. Wow! And it was kind of like a turning point. It sounds mental, but it was like that. He was like, "Oh, she, it was hard that she's done it. She killed the guy." And my back, and he went, and then big frosty fucking catch. He's like, "Can't." Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> this way, my dad is. I put going guy, like, and, and he, every bit right. And my missus Jillian was like, ah, "That's unbelievable!" And, and everyone hearing that was like, ah, "It's fucking mad." And then so we just kept watching it, and I'm not saying that. Doctor Frost <laughs> saved them, but <laughs> it, it was a party. Yeah, but it was obviously the guys in the ward. They were obviously when the NHS gets talked about, it's about funding, and there's like negative connotations linked to it because of yep. the government more than the people that actually work there. Absolutely, and they were unbelievable, man. Like I can't find them enough. See that what they done for them. Like it was just I, was like, I need to do something to say thanks. Mm-hmm. So because of the doctor funding and stuff, I thought the best thing I can do is give them money, like or raise them money, and I thought. If I raise money for them, not only will I raise awareness as well. Yep. Um, talking about my dad and talking about what they do. So, then a night in the Brunswick, which is there, um, and I DJ'd for six hours, which was an absolute shift. Aye. And people just kept buying me drinks. I was fucked. <laughs> so I was like, um, and it was like this, oh, this bit of the side, and it was just drink. <laughs> so I was like, so it was, which is good. No, the next day, but but I done six hours. The Brunswick gave me it for free. They done a charge me for That's the awesome. venue. Uh, my pal Gary O'Connor gave me the the PR stuff for free. He's a designer, mm-hmm. done offer free for me. Um, I think we raised about six hundred quid or something. So 
We gave something to the British Red Cross as well because they gave my wheelchair for free when he first got out because he couldn't walk. Right. He can walk now. He uh, couldn't walk at the time. He's doing, he's doing amazing. So we actually went back, news, we went back to the ward two weeks ago. I don't know if you've seen it. Ah, i seen you come back in. Um, they've never seen my dad walk before so they were greeting and all that and I was like, I've greeted all, man. Like, mm. it was it was in a nice way. But, Aye. But they were you could just, see they had a genuine affection for your dad. They loved him, man. Versa. I think the reason they like my dad or they, they had a, like a, a relationship with my dad is because he was without sounding harsh like a lot of other people in that ward were a bit more far gone than my dad mm-hmm. and because my dad was coming round rather than going back the way I think they took to him there because they could actually have conversation because that must be a tough job they having the same conversation every single day just getting some sort of reward that are helping somebody get and better progress of it. rather than Aye. taking care of somebody that's in deterioration you know I mean? so um, they're using dementia tactics to make him improve but there's probably something they're not used to we seeing we were dubious of that at first like, my dad's not that he's only 62 mm-hmm. She's birthday today, actually. Um, mm. my, 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 my dad's birthday the same day. How weird right. is that? Well, happy birthday um, to them. <laughs> aye. No, they don't, they don't talk. <laughs> well. um, but, uh, aye, so, he was only 62 at the time, and I'm like, he shouldn't be here, man, do you know what I mean? But it made, now looking back and reflecting on it, it, it definitely makes sense, because yeah. having that stimulation and talking all the time and constant attention was what he needed, mm-hmm. and I could go in whenever I wanted, so if I was in a back shift, I could go and see him at 10 in the morning, exactly. or at 8, them, 8 at night, they got him in all the time. It's um, a tough gig, I mean, we've, we've talked about it again in other episodes with previous guests when we've been talking about, you know, some of the, the health and sort of well-being challenges that other guests have faced, and mm. we get that, you know, obviously they are limited and there is a lot of constraints on them, but any criticism people have with the NHS, like real people who have experienced it first time, it's not about the people of the Definitely NHS, it's about, it's about what's being done to the NHS, you know what I mean, which is, Aye. which is you know, shocking, it's, you know, we don't realise how lucky we are. Yeah, the cornerstone of our society. We don't realise how lucky we are, man. We definitely don't realise I was watching a thing the other day about um, diabetics dying because they can't afford insulin in America. Yep. How many is that? They're, they're having to water down their, their insulin to last longer because they're watering down their insulin and stuff like that. Which is insane, Crazy. man. And there's there's people actually like think that that's a good idea for this country. That that's the way that we should go. That we should go down a more private, um, like sort of yeah. Medicare. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm one of the lucky few people that get it, included my job. I don't mm. even use it. I've never even used it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually been thinking recently that I should probably use it because it, me going to my GPs, I. A strain on the NHS, yeah. so maybe I should go to a private doctor and claim it back through my, my insurance. I give her fuck all through work. Do you know what I mean? But um, aye, I think I think you're right, man. We're so lucky to have. It's when you see people on Twitter and they're talking, and it's just like they're they're looking at people here and just going, "You've got no idea what it's like not to yeah. have like guaranteed healthcare." Do you know what I mean? That's yeah, so, so lucky. If I think it's them. shocking that you're having to rely on like fundraising. I know that it's a great thing and loads of people do amazing fundraising for the NHS, yeah. but should be one of the first things that's like just kind of Aye. taking care of. Do you know what I mean? Aye. But I just wanted to say thanks to them. Like it was just my my hang's DJing, that's what yep. I'm good at and that's what I've done that's what I know. So I thought let's give people a good night to celebrate the fact my dad's better. Yep. And also to raise money. And it was a crack night, it was really good. Like um the good thing about the bronze because it's got a hotel link to it. Yeah. So I booked a room, man. Just I was fucked. I was it, man. Like not only because of the drink, because I'd been DJing for six hours. It's a shift, man. No. So, but it was good. But and to talk about music, it was actually good because I got to play disco to Happy Hardcore. So right. I got to go through yeah, everything. I got to go through your repertoire. So I went through like Diana Ross to like Kixie. 
So that's what I finished on was like something for like happy hardcore. So that's one thing I always appreciate about you when we've talked about music over the years is that you you they have a really like eclectic taste in music. Like you have mm. a real like solid like deep knowledge of what you're playing. Like you understand it, and that's something that definitely shows in how you perform. Because my dad, my, my dad was like I said DJ, but he played a lot of stuff. He played stuff like I wouldn't probably go anywhere else like mm-hmm. like Blamange. Right. band called Blamange an 80s band do you know who they are? No. I've heard them before but they're really like they're not a big name but I was listening to a lot of Blamange right. just checking them out they're dynamite. I went to see them in the audio the guy's amazing still but I got to listen to Blamange and Deep Purple and OMD and stuff mm-hmm. like that and Kraftwerk and all that and I think that has had a big part to play on how I am and mm-hmm. how I appreciate good music and, and not only that like if I don't like something I can appreciate why other people like it mm-hmm. and I think I'm not a snob no, I wouldn't say you. Uh, I would I'd say when we met each other, I was probably the musical. I would absolutely too. agree with that. I would, <laughs> I would absolutely agree with that. Pure, you're uh, like, you know what? Uh, I'm a DJ. Like, I would have probably said maybe Mary, a musical fascist, but I uh, uh, go with snob. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a like that's a hanging dance music like techno snobs. People that only like techno and they'll mm. slag you like something else. Not, but I just like if it's good, play it, man. It doesn't matter what it is. No, exactly. If it gets people jumping about. I don't think anybody that's ever been successful has ever. Being a musical snob, do you know what I mean? And like being a DJ anyway, do you no, know? No, you can't be. You're, you're just limiting yourself, man. Exactly. You're just limiting. I love throwing in like mental tunes that nobody expects. Not that I played. I remember I done a gig in Old Couture. I played a dance version in the Spice Girls, and it's probably my finest moment. <laughs> it did, but and I cut my fouls like that. Ah, you're about. I love DJs giving you stick, but I, I got it. I got it. I, I got it tight for doing it, but I don't regret it. I people kicked off. I've done a couple of things like that before I played them. Um, there was a time I was playing in Vicky's and my missus going to laugh because she knows what I'm going to say and I tried to be really, really smart and I played Blinded by the Rights by the Streets which okay. said I read down Pete's slow yeah. tune and I tried to end the night on it at night and it was like it just didn't happen and, and people walked off the dance play oh. and I did mix it up. That's one of the songs I used to use at house parties to get people to phone taxis. Well, it works. That and Johnny Cash's so, Heart if you yeah. want people to leave it either <laughs> Blinded by the Lights or Johnny Cash's so Heart. I've done that and I get, just get these looks man I had to mix it really quickly and my pals were standing at the side in Vicky's just pushing herself like that. Young, you're too you good now. Young, you're too good now. Like, just stick to playing the fucking doof. Like, <laughs> don't be too smart. And, uh, <laughs> but lesson learned. So that was definitely. That was a while ago, but it was. Uh, I didn't aye. Aye. So It's I, a beastie of tune to be fair. It's maybe no nightclub. I done it again, but I done it on the roof. Uh, I done it on the, the Ibiza sunset. Right. And it worked. Aye, Obviously, I like, so I was ten years I was ten years too early with it. But when I done it on the sunset and <laughs> the boys on, all, was, on, on the boat, it was, was that was that worked. Aye, especially in a place like Ibiza for obvious reasons. Aye, well, <laughs> true, especially when you listen to the song. Um, so I mean, obviously, you know, your dad's health is picked up, which is great. Yep. Um, in terms of health, like having watched previous episodes, we always kind of kind of look to sort of pivot towards you know sort of mental healthy stuff mm-hmm. um and obviously this week you know unfortunately we've been met with another um sort of male suicide in keith mm-hmm. lint mm-hmm. um, who's obviously a massive uh, sort of figure in the dance scene yeah. like one of the sort of pioneers who went for an on-stage dancer to like one of the best front men of a generation um obviously in recent year well in the last year or so i think one of the things you and i spoke about on facebook in, in the last year or so was uh, avicii and ah, you know, obviously like, uh, that was uh, again quite a surprising thing, and, and like, I mean, is this something that's like a, an actual, real concern I, I, in the I music think so. industry? I, de- de- I definitely think so. And I think that's why I'd, I'd said it to you. I'd like to talk about it because I hope that 
anybody that watches us now take something for you, hopefully because I think it's I think it's um, it doesn't need to be that level of success to be an issue though. Mm-hmm. So Keith Flint obviously is like he's like the, like the Mick Jagger of the dance world, I think. Yeah. Like, that, I can't, and it's a loose analogy, but you know what I mean. In respect, ah, yeah, he's like sure, an iconic, man. iconic stunt man. And when you think of the Rolling Stones, you think of Mick Jagger. When you think mm-hmm. of the body, you think of him with the hair. Yeah. It's just a thing. And you would think that on the outside that he's got everything gone for him, and he's like he's obviously a, a, he's a millionaire. You'd imagine, yeah. and you'd think he's got everything gone for him, but it's not like that. And I think. Um, Somebody recently, I, I, before we started, a guy called Davey Martin, mm-hmm. he's a local DJ, but he, he took his own life as well, I believe, and he was one of the most well-liked guys I know, yeah. and he was like, really, he'd done really well, he was always busy, and he was very positive, and always did try to bring everybody else up. Yep. Um, got a pal, Gemma, um, he's messed her in as well, and now she put like, screenshots on Facebook, like, that's how much mm-hmm. a nice guy he was, and he was trying to bring everybody else up. And then he chose now to, to do that, and it's like obviously people will talk about people like Avicii doing it and stuff like now taking their own life or like yeah. because they're high level. But I, I don't think it's it's just at that level yeah. that it needs to be looked at. Um, there's lots of different reasons. I think some of the reasons are linked to to, to DJing and mm-hmm. to, to today with music and today with success. Yeah. And I'll explain what I mean by that. But it's also it might be other things. But yeah. what I, what I mean by that is. Um, there's been times where I've played to like I've been lucky enough to play to thousands of people, like three, four, five thousand people. Yep. And the buzz for that is unbelievable. It's you can't you can't describe it. It's better yeah. than any drink, drug, better than. Anything. But the crash for that is ridiculous. It's like a come down. And I think what happens is people replace that okay. with drugs or drink or which are going to be pretty company, in that environment. Company as well. So they'll take women up the road, mm-hmm. or guys, or whatever it is. Whatever works for them. I and to get to have to keep that buzz going, they mm-hmm. don't want to be themselves after it's all done. Yeah, I've done it myself. I've I've partied for days after gigs, and then even when all my pals leave, and I'm in my flat, and it's mm-hmm. everything's away, everything's away, and it's like then the, then the crash for the adrenaline for the gig and everything else, the drink and all that. When that oh, that hits you, it's it's dark, man. And I think like. Happens a lot. People replace, replace the feeling. Trying, trying to chase the feeling of the the, the buzz for the gig yep. with other stuff, um, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. And I think when, when you combine all that together, that's that. Cocktail, I, and then when you, I think as well when you when you when you're on your own, you can be your own worst enemy with your with your thoughts and stuff. Now, if you're not thinking straight because of chemicals of drugs, drink or whatever else then. Aye, even just the adrenaline as you say. Aye, it's dangerous man and I think sometimes that happens. There's There's been a lot of big DJs that have come out and spoke about it. Finally, there's a guy called Ben Pierce that took a year, about a year off okay. um, because of his mental health and it was unheard of. Like, it's just a big massive thing. So I mean, it's still quite a taboo subject Aye, in the industry. And, and he mentioned it and there's other DJs that mentioned it as well and I, I, I don't know why now, Davey, we Davey chose to do it. I'm not saying that's why it was. It might have been no. personal reasons, I don't know. But It's a really complex issue. It's hard to have a real type into judge. one thing, I would say. It's hard to judge. It's hard to um, distinguish by, sorry. Um, it's hard to now define what it is, but I don't think it gets talked about enough. And I think, like, there's this thing a lot of guys need to toughen up and suck up and all that shit, and I don't, I don't agree with that, man. No. Like, um, it's, it's 2019. If you want yeah. to talk about something, you should be able to talk about it, mm, no matter what. Now, and I think that, I think that it doesn't happen enough and I think that um, 
there's somebody else as well. I know a girl, Jane Barnes, her, her wee brother as well. He, he sadly chose to do that as well. And she's took it and she's done a documentary about it and all that. Oh, right. um, so if you can check that out, I'll send you a link to that. Absolutely. Um, he was in the music as well. He was a rapper oh, called right. Lumo. And he was massive, man. He, like, I watched a wee, a wee bit of the, the documentary and such a well, well-respected, well-liked and idolised and now yeah. thought of guy. People looked mm-hmm. up to him and for whatever reason, we'll never know, but he chose to do that as well. Yeah. And Jen talks about it really openly. Um, it's going to be hard. She's a hero, man, honestly, yeah. and she talks about it and she's done documentaries about it and she's trying to make a change. And mm. I think um, we obviously talk, like I said before, the people like like Keith Flint and all that have chosen to, to choose that way out now to go down, like mm-hmm. now to keep taking their own life. We all that all get the headlines, but I think it, I think it's bigger than that. Oh, for sure, man. Every somewhere. different person that we talk to, I, I almost ask everybody, do you think this is something that's in whatever? DJs, musicians, and then you just realise it's just everybody's. Ah, uh, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Pandemic. It's, uh, like, it's getting worse by the day as well. Yeah. Um, I think like being a musician, playing gigs, it's a similar sort of thing. I mean, I've done Definitely. gigs in front of full rooms, and I've done gigs in front of nobody. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think about try to think about it a lot. I think our my thing was. If I can learn, so the first thing was, if I can learn how to play this song on guitar and impress people, that's going to make me feel good about myself. And then I done it and went, right, still don't feel good about myself, right? So now I need to date in front of 10 people, and I done it in front of 10 people, and 10 people tell me it's great, still didn't feel good about myself. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it just scaled for there, <clears throat> yeah. to the point where, I mean, we played sold-out gigs in King Tut's, and I'd come off stage, and people would be coming up to me going, mate, you just blew my mind, and inside I'd be going, bullshit Aye. do you know what I mean like, I, <laughs> yeah. don't, I don't believe you because yeah. I don't feel what you're telling me you felt like Aye. how yeah. am I not feeling this how am I not feeling that and it's come down to just I just wasn't happy with myself do you know what I mean like I yeah. think a lot of the times we, like you clearly love music I clearly love music but I chased this dream that was almost like dangled out in front of me yeah. and it was always 10% outside my reach do you know what I mean I just couldn't quite get to that next 10% mm-hmm. I look back now and some of the nights that I had and just think you wish you'd enjoy them more oh, right. if I could go back now like we were talking about Barfly in the moment I talk about Barfly and I was just sitting thinking about them with uh, another guest and I was just thinking about the Barfly and I was thinking about See if I could go back to some of the nights, man, yeah, and play the gigs. I would be like, appreciate it. I would have a tear in my eye. Do you know what I mean? Like, to the and I was coming off stage and being like, shite, shite, I'll I'll do better next time, I'll do better next time. And I think, like, like you're saying, it's almost like you're you're trying to replace that feeling on stage with actual happiness rather than experiencing a joyous moment but coming off stage and going do you know what I, that was amazing but i'm still really happy that i get to go home or Aye. whatever it is we just i think that's something that we miss sometimes like no i think it's something that <clears throat> it is obviously becoming, that was my experience by the way yeah. i'm not saying that that's what everybody experiences no. but for me that's what yeah. i experienced that I, I just had such low self-esteem that i almost couldn't fully enjoy it but like, mm. enjoyed the mm. moments when i was in the moment and i'd be like this is amazing but you didn't reflect on it enough 10 minutes later i'd oh. be like not enough no. do you know what I mean it's just I want something more and then I'd go and I'd get fucked up and then it'd be that's like it. just keep going and keep Back going chasing it again exactly as you're saying that's, mm. that's, that's, that's it it's like it's that, what you said is very similar to what I was saying it's like people try and chase that buzz and chase that feeling and I think when you're DJing as well it's like you you like being like not the centre of the attention but mm. now you're the star of the show because it's, it's just you and, and these people back, and it's obviously like so 
I think sometimes people will get people better. I know, but I'm not mentioning any names, but pals, I mean, I've had parties with people in their houses for days they hardly even know just to have, just to have company. And yeah. just to have, because they don't want to be themselves, because then when it becomes that time and nobody's there and it's just them, all they've got in there is they themselves and their thoughts. And when it gets to that, that's, that can be really dangerous. I think at a reasonable level as well, when people are performing, say, for instance, in, you know, the, the dance music scene or um, what, EDM or whatever we're calling it. Um, don't call, please don't ever say that. No, again. cool. <laughs> please, <laughs> my age. please don't. Um, I was actually <laughs> going to say, what is that? Because it says it there, EDM. Like... I think it's electronic dance music it is right, exactly. which is a bit daft because most music is dance is electronic but that's right. a different topic a <laughs> um, I think as well like so you're out there you're, you're being you know relatively successful in your trade yeah. and you know you're booting your gigs I think one of the things as well you know could be a real danger is, is the notion of isolation because as you say it's all you it's all off your back you're out there doing your own thing mm-hmm. it's your ideas and your technique but mm-hmm. then it's a completely different sort of living cycle and obviously it's you have real work but I mean aye. as well as what you're doing in your own time but for somebody you know like I say one of these higher level you know lightning rod like that's all they've got I've had is that they're, you know the people who they would interact with in their real life aren't they up aye. at four in the morning five aye. in the morning aye, six exactly. in the morning when they're coming off of work and stuff like that so I think as well as all these other pressures isolation could probably be something that is quite prominent and probably why I think that's why those I, other people I like having a like I know call centers roles are getting their jobs are slagged, but I've done it now for over ten years, and I like having that like balance. Yep. Like I think it's important to have a work-life balance, and I think um, being able to now interact with people in a call center, like I talk to like probably a mm-hmm. hundred people a day, you know what it's like. Yep. So having that, and then the mix that like the DJing to me is a escapism. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate it. I'm grateful and I enjoy it. I love it. It's my life, but it's not the only thing in my life. Yeah. Um, I enjoy work. I'm lucky enough to have a job that I enjoy. I work for a company that I enjoy working for. Yep. Like I've got a good team. I'm, I've got good pals and work. I've got a good family by me. But I think what you're saying is bang on. If you're only DJing and you're on the road constantly, or that's all you do, even if you're like a mobile DJ, no. there's, some, there's a lot of guys I know that do it full time and that's all they do is parties. So all you're essentially doing is giving other people a good night for mm-hmm. their birthday or their wedding. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to... That's depressing. a job. That's a job to you. So it's all well and good I'm having a good night now doing a wedding but it's you don't so you know feel separate for the fun sometimes you kind of do because no. you, you don't really know it. I, I still do the odd wedding but I'm lucky enough to do it for people that I know so I would, like, if you, I've done it for you yeah engagement I, I would only do it for people that I know I Which wouldn't do it for them absolutely slabbering and paralytic it was good though <laughs> it was funny but I wouldn't do parties for people I didn't know but as I've got pals that do day parties mm-hmm. and it's that's what they do and they're out every weekend Friday, Saturday some of them even do kids parties and some yeah. of them morning and all that but they make good money but all you're doing is getting other people like all that time you're spending getting entertaining other families you're not really seeing your own family yeah. and see if you're off Monday to Friday that might or Monday to Thursday that might sound amazing but everybody else is at work so for that four days if you're sitting there like, or you've not really got many, many people to sit where you're good where you're things where, yep. and then when it gets to the weekend when everybody's off you're at working you're away do, do you get what I'm talking aye, about there's a disconnect so, there so, aye so like if you're feeling down or whatever or, or fed up or whatever where do you get the chance to really talk to somebody do, do you get what I mean if you're single as well so if you're a single guy or, or girl and yep. you're DJing or karaoke or glasses I know that do karaoke and stuff like that if you're constantly doing that every Thursday Friday Saturday mm-hmm. and if they'll support or whatever then it's, yeah, there is a massive hang, disconnect hang. man and I think it's, it's things like this it's you would never get to the, the, the dancer or the nutty gritty. Yeah, there's so many d- different ways it can go. Oh, but I, I think, from my experiences, I can 
I'm lucky enough to see it be both sides that I've played things like at tea in the part and all that. Mm-hmm. And I've played at colours for everything, but I've also done stabbings yeah. <laughs> and, and, and private functions and stuff like that. And I know a lot of people in that kind of, it's like a community yeah. of people that are all quite parry, but they'll never talk about that mm-hmm. because they don't want to see it as like a weakness. So they'll ah. ask somebody to cover a gig for them, but they wouldn't say, um, I'm, like, I'm in the hallway I, anxiety. I don't, I don't feel well. Or they'd ask somebody to cover a gig, but it might be because they've got an anxiety attack. But they wouldn't tell them why. Oh, I've, got, I've got something on. So it'd be good if there would be some way. Now, I think about it's, it's hard. I think sometimes as well, it is actually easy to talk to people you don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's just finding it the, the chance to date or taking the step to date, and yeah. it scares me how many times that if somebody done that, what the outcome might be yeah, might have not been what they've chose today. Talk about the NHS earlier on. One of the major failings, and it's not the NHS's fault; it, mm. it's the system. But one of the major failings is the mental health sector. If if we were going to cherry pick some of that, some of the ideas that they have in America and some of the stuff that they've done is that you can, everybody's got a therapist out there. Do you know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it, it's literally, I mean, maybe even too early, but they've got their wanes with therapists. They've got therapists yeah. all the way through. They almost like coach themselves through life constantly. Mm-hmm. And whereas in the it's UK, normalized out there in that we respect. don't even tell people when we're like almost being sick with anxiety. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, whereas over there, it's almost like they're they're straight on it. They're they're absolutely straight on it. But it's because they've got they're surrounded by the facilities. I mean, even if you want to privately go and uh, find a therapist, it's not like that easy. Do you know what I mean? They're not everywhere. It's a big thing to do. Uh, it's a big thing it might to do as yeah. well. I think like to go. I'm going to speak it's to somebody. But like, and if again, if you've not got him to put it past past. I think it's why it's so important, Mel Neville, that the, the, the names you talked about earlier on the night where you're saying there is DJs actually starting to almost kind of like come out and say, well, what, do you know what, I've struggled and stuff like that. And I think that needs to be encouraged because I think it's what's what's driving the change in people's attitudes of these is that different sectors at different times, whether it be, you know, in the rock bands or mm-hmm. DJs, whether it be authors or TV personalities or celebrities or whatever it is, that as these people encounter these crises and have these issues that... The ones that come and talk about it are the ones that actually sort of lead the charge and helping other people mm-hmm. get better. And I think if there's guys actually, st- and, and women as you say, starting to come out and say, do you know what, I'm a world-class DJ, or, but uh, there are times where I also struggle. Like, it can only, it can only encourage other people mm-hmm. to do It's been hard to do that thing. previously. I mean, film, obviously like, people have their opinion of the, 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 the last year, but Film Cotton's podcast is, I've listened to a very small amount of it, like mm-hmm. 10 minutes. Um, and I listened to the episode on Russell Brand and she had said that in the TV industry and in the entertainment industry as a whole, mm-hmm. if you had ever dare say, I suffer from mental health issues, your job is done. Yeah. Because they would just literally blackball you. Yellow skin. Exactly. Right. Unreliable. Don't know what's going to happen here. Just absolutely not. And mm-hmm. people like her, she's actually took to just disconnecting herself for everything and starting her own podcast as yeah. a way of getting the message out because whenever she, she said that she's found that she's She's been open about her mental health. The phone's just dried Stopped up. Ringing. Which that, is, needs, that definitely needs to change. So that's something that I think in the past, prominent people have just been like, there's, I mean, they would go to their manager maybe, and they're saying like somebody close and say, listen, I'm not feeling they would just be like, look, go into the work because the second that you stop and say that it's because of maybe depression or whatever it is, yeah. we're done. So it's like, interesting that you say that because apparently, mm-hmm. uh, and if you read online, a lot of people are, have got the opinion that it was a Avicii's manager that killed him. Oh, right. Like it drove me like, just through uh, overworking like, them. Like, them, 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 them. There's a documentary about Avicii, 
I've not, I've not watched it, but no, I've, no. I've seen wee snippets of it, and mm. he's, he's, I think there's a bit of it in it, I'm, so don't correct me if I'm wrong, but he says, I don't want to do this, and the manager's like, no, get fucking out and do it kind of thing, like, mm. it's money, 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 but obviously the manager's just driving to, like, and it's like, you need to put a brave face on, because if you're, if you're, if you're DJing, you're sitting there doing your face, then people are going to notice, and it, it won't work. Your so, vibe is important. Aye, so, yourself I read, I've read a lot about Avicii's, about his, his manager on that, and apparently, I like, he was... He was a party, and somebody made a comparison, and it's a bit mental, but I can kind of see it, it was like Amy Winehouse's dad, Okay. He, apparently people say that he was a factor in now her, now her, her being now, driving her ride to something she didn't want to be here, apparently she wanted to stop touring and get herself <laughs> burning, he's like, no, get fucking out and all that. Same way. I read this, Jackson, that, that was the my analogy, it was yeah. a comparison, it was somebody else, I read it online, and it was like, it was quite mental, like, there's a comparison between Avicii and Amy Winehouse, mm -hmm. but then we think about it, there's a lot of similarities. Yeah, both of them are young, successful, really, really young, mm -hmm. like mega successful, and really, really quickly. And by and it was like the time. It, that's Kurt Cobain's the exact same. Do you know what I mean? I mean that guy took a an overdose of champagne and sleeping tablets in Rome. Was back on stage three days later because they were like, you cannot cancel this tour. Like Aye. you need to get yourself back out there as soon as you're well. And then people are sitting there forcing themselves out to do these jobs, like you're saying. If, can you imagine what it would be like if you didn't want to do didn't, didn't do what you were doing for one, but then you're expecting or you're putting the pressure on yourself to turn up and entertain a couple of hundred thousand people, Brave face and, you know, and then that. the meet and greet, and then the signing, and then the interviews. It would be absolutely fucking horrendous. Even the lady even just got a shop, well, didn't she? Got she? a shop, retail, a retail job. To me, sometimes it's like, I can't do this today. Can you no. imagine what it would be like if it was literally like, you're responsible for half a million people's fun? Good night. Yeah. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> or, 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 the night out in their holiday. That's or, fucking crazy pressure, man. It's that's just what I mean. But um, like I said, I think like it's important that it's discussed at, at local level. Yeah. As well as, like, obviously the high-level stuff I said gets so the headlines not. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I've heard quite a few people know that like young guys especially that have yeah. taken their own life. I think there's a, a I think in Scotland mm -hmm. there's definitely like an epidemic, I think. Aye, absolutely. Um, yeah. something like, I think there was a stat I read the other day, they're saying something like four thousand nine hundred odd people, you know, took their life in, in the last year or whatever, which obviously is something that we need we need to address as a matter of priority. Um, but hopefully, as you say, things are starting to change and it's definitely changing in, I think, I think, and hopefully yeah. a positive direction across the board. Definitely. I mean things like Scotland are talking about going back to the four-day working week um, and just things like saying that mental health issues cost private business somewhere in the, the regions like £40 billion yeah. a year in the UK just because of the amount of absence that happens. Um, I think that the tide's turning. I think we're going to see just more and more people just come out and be honest about how they're experiencing things mm -hmm. so that we can get to the boat. Mate, I think even just today, you're, um, I was going to say you're... Your local MSP or the first minister, as she's known, mm -hmm. um, was out launching uh, fifty million quid's worth of uh, postnatal um, mental health support and stuff like that. So it is obviously getting out there, you know, across the board, uh, which is great. Um, I mean, obviously, and and you know, as I say, it's great to see that that is becoming media discussion is becoming less taboo and stuff like that. Um, but in terms of where we're going here, what's What's up next? Where, where, where are you going? In terms on. of what you can obviously talk about. Aye, there's like. quite a lot going on. Um, I'm actually, I'm going to start promoting again. Right. Um, 
so I've not actually, this is the first time I mentioned this. You always struck me as they enjoyed that. I loved it, man. It's, it's just, it's good because it brings everybody it's, together. Uh, on the house you were involved with, previously, mean, and um, the side. Andy's actually signed with Defected Records now. Wow. He actually works for Defected now, which is one of the biggest labels in Europe. So Andy's actually a booking agent for them. So he's moved to London. Um, he's done him, he's done amazing. Um, I still talk to him all the time. Um, the nights we we done on the house were amazing. Aye. Like um, some of the best gigs in my entire life. I, I got to enjoy a couple of the old couture nights myself. That's how I got Pally with Cami, who Aye. got me the gig at Tina Park and got me the gig at Radio One. Mm-hmm. I still talk to him all the time as well. He's actually asked me to do a gig in an office, a gin party. Oh, but right. I'll do it because. I'm not gonna say I to Tina Park and then like, uh, like and then going to fuck off. Like, you know, right? like, <laughs> he, he needs to he needs to go to Miami to do that blow up in Playboy. Right. So I'm doing that for him. Um, but on the house, I'm not really gonna talk about it. But that all kind of came after I ran my night. Something like he's I ran a night in a place called Lemon and Lime, it's a wee tiny bar. Right. And Andy done it, and then after Saturday, I done a Friday, and we were getting like 150 bodies each. And he's like, look, let's fucking do something together. And then that's how on the house started. Yep. Um, on the house was called on the house because when you went to Lemon Lane, you get a free shot on the house. All so it's right. fuck all the day house music. It was the day we had a shot. <laughs> all right. That's how it, and it was stuck. Um, and then we moved to Okachur and that. So the on the house nights were great. Um, some the head candies did done. Done head candy. We got uh, twelve hundred people at that. Um, we don't mind. We had a few bangers uh, over the years, but mm. most of them were really successful. We booked guys called Dimitri Vegas and like Mike, who are like yep. two of the biggest. Well, they were actually voted the biggest DJs in the world last year, I think. Wow. Um, two guys from Belgium. Uh, we booked a lot of big DJs for that. We booked Sam Devine for Defected, Cats and Dogs and stuff like that. So we done. We moved to St. Jude's eventually. Yep, I remember Before that. it changed. Um, but I did enjoy it. The booking side is a bit different for a gig. Because mm-hmm. when you're DJing, you just kind of turn up, play tunes and fuck off. Yeah. Uh, the promoting, it's a bit different. So I've had a, a good couple of years, like... Obviously playing Radio One and all that, it was it's kinda gave me a taste for trying something new. I, I was I got a tune signed as well Aye. Uh, last year, so um which is something I was I've done a sent a bucket list last year and that was one of the tune one of the things was to get a tune signed and get Govern in the name. So I got called it Viva La Govern. Viva La Govern. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's signed a label, so it's so on Spotify and that now. So it kinda gave me a, a, a taste to try and push myself again. Aye. Like, because I was, I was, I'm, I'm doing well and I'm comfy with gigs, residencies and whatever else. But I thought, why not try it again? So, mm-hmm. on the 31st of May, I'm doing a night. I'm starting my night against a disco and a house night called Body Language. Nice. Um, and I've got two guys for the sub club DJ, McCune and Torrance. I've got a guy Peter Farley who's probably my favourite DJ. Ah, that name even rings a bell. Peter already. Farley's probably my favourite DJ for Glasgow. Right. Ever. Guys, a fucking. Beast. It's a good get then, man. Aye, so Peter's gonna mean me and Peter are gonna do tours back to back. And I've got a guy called Hislop. It's a guy mm. called Craig McHugh. Mm-hmm. Um he's been a resident in the social for fifteen years. Okay. And he's only started making tunes this year. Kinda similar to me. Right. Um so I've gave him like a headline gig at us um to try and get his name out there. So he's got a tune now called Bucky's Disco. Oh, right. Um and it's it's amazing. It's actually amazing. So he's got oh. that I think it was in the top five in track source and that. So he's coming out to play. So it's um, in the Broad Brunswick, which is called the Amsterdam now. Yeah. So I'm doing that on the 31st of May. And it's me, then the guys that I mentioned, it's just a house disco edits and stuff like that. So that's in May. Um I think I think hopefully that goes well. So mm-hmm. it's quite a small intimate venue. I'm not gonna yeah. try and fill a five hundred capacity, <coughs> that'd be stupid. So I want it to be small and tight and like intimate. Mm-hmm. 
and see what happens with that. Um, as I said, next week, next Saturday, I'm DJing with Camel Fat through City and still uh, Falkirk. And then I've got Ibiza on the 27th of April, and I've got the big gig from uh, Falkirk again, sorry, mm-hmm. um, on the 11th of May. Um, Busy boy, man. Uh, so I've got all that going on. I've got a couple of things that are in the pipeline um, later on in the year, but up to about May time, I'm quite busy. I'm still on the Radisson as well. Yeah. You should come. You should come along. Aye, uh, aye man. I'm just going to ask you off mic. Like, what's the score about, man? I'll so. sort these out, man. Um, I still play in October Cafe quite a fair bit as oh, well. Aye, aye. So I'm, I um, sometimes play in the old tunnel. It's called it's a revolution now. Uh, it's a back open. It's dynamite. Know. It's aye. really good what I've done, mate. Aye, so, do you ever get into the old tunnel and up the stairs was like, the ticket office kind mm-hmm, of it. Mm-hmm. That's actually not a massive bar. Alright. We we had DJs playing it and then down the stairs is a club to free. So I kinda cover a couple of uh, people in there. Um I do that noon again, that's a good gig as well. Nice. So although I, I only the kind of main residency I've got the news of the Radisson. Mm-hmm. But I like having different places You've as well. But Radisson's probably my main residency. Um and then this club night I'm starting on the 31st of May. Well, dude, anything we can do to promote it and the build-up to it, man. Just, just come along. I, 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 I like people to come to things, man. I don't know. Just come along, you know, get a few drinks, man. Superb. Well, I mean, mate, that's that's really us. We're, we're a wee mm. bit early on now, which is Sorry. par for the Sorry, course. Mate. No, honestly, <laughs> it's, it's as much as anything else. Um, just really like to say thanks again for coming in. No, well, obviously, thank you. you thank know, you. when we're posting in the next couple of weeks, get links to all your various bits and bobs. We've all governed, particularly, I think, because... I, don't, I remember seeing it, but I don't think I held it at the time, so I'll be looking that one up. Aye. Um, <laughs> and again, just cheers. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it. Cheers, guys. Cheers. cheers.